0: When you wake up in the morning and the light has hurt your head, the first thing you do when you get out of bed is hit the streets running and try to beat the masses and go get yourself a pair
1: of cheap sunglasses. (laughs) Ron, good to see you, brother. How's everything? Hey, Good to see you, too. I figured I'd keep it true to the ZZ Top. Yeah, keep it, man. It's classic. That's what we need to hear. It's great, man. Uh, what's the weather like where you're at right now?
0: It is absolutely amazing. Right around eighty degrees, sun shining. Uh, I spent yesterday out on the the beach with my wife and my son, and it's an amazing life over here in North Carolina.
1: Uh, it's raining in Toronto, and it doesn't decide. It can't decide whether it, between rain or sun or cloud or mix. It's hard rain, soft rain, drizzle. It's just raining today. That's all that's going on in Toronto, man. So envious, man. Envious. Well, Ron, welcome back. We've been having some of that here. We'll bring it. We'll bring it. You know, you know how Canada brings the weather down to you guys all the time? <laughs> We brought the fire. (laughs) And the smoke. I was in Jersey right
0: after the smoke storm. And I was there like a day after. And everybody was like, it was unbelievable. I had
1: nothing to do with that, Ron. I had nothing to do. I may have lit a cigar. That's the extent of my fire-making skills, man. That was it. So welcome back, Ron. It's good to have you back on the show. We're going to have a great conversation. We want to talk a lot about what's going on. And I know that you brought up some great talking points when we were just chatting online. And I want to address this because these things are all... I wouldn't say attacking, but they are kind of attacking businesses. eh? Like if you don't get a hold of these details, your businesses are going to get attacked, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're in the construction industry. I think there's a lot of uh, predators out there yeah. would be one word to use them a lot of times where they see it, it's a ripe environment. Where people need help, but there's a, there's a lot of people who are not doing it for the right reasons. Got it.
1: Got it. All right. So let me do a couple of quick shout outs. Uh, actually, you know what, Ron? Why don't you give up your deets? Because I didn't even get a chance to do my homework and write it down. So you want to share your deets first? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'm Ron Newsbaum. I am the founder and CEO of BuilderComs.
0: I also host Construction Champions podcast. And uh, I'm a United States Marine that spent just over a decade in residential construction. And now I own a software company. Uh, that's, that's pretty much what I am. That's, that's a lot first of
1: all. And it's important. It's an important lot. Uh, two quick shout outs. I'm wearing uh, Robinson Sons t-shirt. Actually, he's in New York, man. I love his t-shirt. I always every time I get a chance to wear his tea, uh, I keep telling him it's like one of the most comfortable teas that I ever had a chance to wear that people have given me. And I've got hundreds and hundreds of teas. So thanks so much for the tea. I really appreciate it. And then I also want to do a shout out to the great folks over at Dream Garage Inc. Michael and Eugene. Uh, Eugene, sorry, Eugene. Uh, and so I just want to do a shout out to them. They're doing amazing work with epoxy, doing all kinds of stuff for clients. They're doing more than just garage floors. Uh, you can reach them on IG, which is dream garage underscore I N T L. And their number is 437-227-3621. email to reach them for your next job is info at D G I E P O X Y. And the website is triple epoxy.ca. And they also now have a YouTube channel. So you can find them. At uh, DGI Epoxy, and of course, you want to hear the story. Come to this show and look for show number three two three. So, guys, keep up the amazing work, and we'll talk soon. Ron, over to you, man. <laughs> now, now, <laughs> what we do you want to do? Builders calm, right? Builder, builders com or builder calm? Builders, builder comms, builder comms. Okay, cool. Why? You saw the problems, uh, right? Fix- Yeah, to fix communication,
0: man. After a decade in residential construction, I dealt with some escalated customers. And to say that I didn't want to do that was an understatement. I think we can all relate with, you know, the shit that happens when you have a customer that's upset. So I, I went down that rabbit hole of like, how do I fix this? And I kept coming back to communication breakdowns. The ball got dropped, the homeowner wasn't in the loop. They didn't have access to the right people at our company back and forth and one night I'm laying in bed it hits me like if I just had software that worked as air traffic control and connected the right people got the homeowner and our company and everything on the same page it would fix all of this so that's where BuilderComs come from we work as air traffic control we make sure your customers always talking to the right people at your company and as well as pictures documents and uh, communication everything all in one place and then we
1: organize it by project so, Ron, why do you think tradespeople have a problem perfecting this? So, I think mean, we just don't
0: have the tours. Like, Builder Comms is a tour in the tour belt. I don't think it's that we don't want to be great communicators. It's just we're just not efficient at it. Like, we're really good at doing what we do. And if something doesn't fit into that, it just gets lost. So, like, chasing down emails, chasing down text messages, we're just not good at. So getting everything in one place helps avoid all of that. So guys can just go be great at what they're great at. And that's doing their job. And the second part to that is homeowners typically don't have the right people's information. What they have is that sales rep or say that the owner that came out that don't have answers to 95% of the questions. So that leaves that homeowner reaching out to somebody that's onto the net sale or calling an office and talking to a receptionist that doesn't have any IDs. So what's he or she doing? Dropping that person off to somebody that they think can answer the question, which adds more confusion. And the industry standard is, hey, sorry, I'm not the guy. And I'll try to figure it out. And I'm just as guilty as everybody is, going to find the right person and then getting into a conversation at the coffee pot. And then next thing you know, that customer calls back, two days later, completely irate because you never got back to them. And that, that's the kind of stuff that happens.
1: Is it, is it uh, Ron, the questions, are they answering the questions by saying that they don't know the answer to it because they're concerned that the truth is going to upset the client or they don't want to know the truth or is it legitimately, they don't know the answer, but if it's their business and they're working as part of the team, should they not know the answer?
0: Yeah, so what I see is you have a customer reach out with a straight production question. Now, chances are that Sarah's rep or that receptionist don't have that answer. So what will end up happening is that'll get kicked over to, say, just somebody in the installations department. And that person isn't going to be familiar with that project as the project manager would be. So then, that person doesn't li- literally have the answer to the question, yeah. and all it really is is we just need to make sure that the right people are talking to the right people,
1: and those ant those questions can be answered. What about old school, stuck in their ways tradespeople, guys that have been doing it this way for decades and decades since they learned the business, and that's how they've adapted. They tortoise adapted the industry. Like What about those tradespeople? So they're probably not our ideal
0: customer, but I will say this, you're going to have to eventually change. If you're going to continue to grow and be relevant in the industry, communication, 35% of customers say they're dissatisfied with communication after a construction project. So whether you think or know you're doing a good job or a bad job, your customer's saying a different thing. And this is where as an industry, we have to just dive in and be like, hey, we feel really good at this, but we still suck because the customers are saying we still suck at it. So I think we can do one of two things as an industry is we can come to other and just get better at it Or the guys that are wanting to be better at this are going to go do that. And it's going to move the guys that just don't want to move into having better communication or just doing it how we've always done it are just going to start to go away because that's not what the customer wants. And as we head into a world where it's very customer focused, customers want a true experience. They don't just want somebody to come in and do their kitchen or do their bathroom or reside their house or do their roof. They want an experience to go with that. They want something they can tell their friends and family about. Whether it's good or bad, that's what they want. So we have to learn as an industry to step into that and understand that we're not just in the construction business, we're in the experience business.
1: Let's talk about the construction timeline. So you, you mentioned that at the end of a, of a job, most clients are thinking 35%, it was just poor communication skills. Obviously, at the beginning of the job, when they're selling the job, it's 100% amazing communication skills. What happens from that 100 Because they sold it. They sell it. They sell themselves. They sell their business. They sell their niches. They sell their skills. They sell everything, right? So it's like 110% at the beginning. Where, where are the signals? What happens from that 100% to 35% during that course of the project that a client starts to change their tune about the communication level with this contractor?
0: So I, I think one of my biggest beefs with it all is that is where technology starts to fail the construction industry. We have all this technology and software that was developed on the front end to help funnel customers in, have great communication with them, Get that sale done, get them the proposals they need. As soon as they sign that project, communications done, all of that goes away. All of this automated stuff, all of the stuff that's designed to help get that sale just disappear, peers, which is just BS, that's not how it should be. This stuff should continue to evolve. There should be continued systems in place for communication, but sales is focused on getting that sale. And then operations and production needs to come in and double down on why that customer decided to do business with you as a company. And that's either implementing the right software to be able to do that. So that's where BuilderCom's really comes in is we come in after that point of sale. We start to become that utilize software for your customer and your business to be able to continue to communicate. So that's what I find. And it can be really aggravating when all of this software is created and we get all these big software companies that sound awesome. It sounds great on paper, but it's really hard for the it to do everything. And you get it, and it just it just falls short. And where does it always fall short? It falls short after that sale. Exactly where you're talking about. Because there's such a focus when technology is built these days on getting that sale. It's it's creating a lead and then closing that lead into a sale. And then at that point in time, it's just like the technology abandons you, leaves you pretty much out, hangs you out to dry. And you have to figure out how do we
1: continue to have that relationship with homeowners? So who's, can we fault somebody? Like, can we blame somebody? Is it come from the top? Is it like, I, I look at it like, can I fault the brand? You uh, tradespeople, contractors, they work so hard on building a brand and building an identity and, and having the magic business card, the magic looking vehicle, you know, the signage, the logo, the letter, all that kind of stuff. So it's like they're building a brand. But so who's really at fault when it comes to failing at communication? Does it come from the top and then they're not communicating with their own workforce? And then that's an extension of the brand when it comes to the clients.
0: I think where we're faring is having systems around communication. So I I believe you have to have a platform, a singular platform where all your communication goes through. You have to have training with your employees on how we talk with our customers. So there's an understanding on what that language looks like. What do you say? That is stuff that has to happen in order for us to be great at communication. If you look at the great companies that have great communication, they all have a system. Like this is how we do it. We utilize this. We're not jumping from different emails or text messages or this program or that program. We use this program, customer understands it. We go back and forth and everything's in one place. And then we have taken time to train our employees on how are we going to communicate with our homeowners? What is the expectation when it comes to getting back to somebody, when messages come and go? Setting those expectations and training your employees so then at the end of the day, they can train the customer on what to expect as the project progresses along. That's what starts to make things great. And I I look at that as that's, Operations management, that's sales management. It's ownership that has to get on the same page and understand that if we want to continue to scale and grow, we have to do this stuff. I talk to guys all the time that are growing rapidly, doing 5, 10, 15 million a year. And they're like, Oh, we got all this figured out. But what it is, it's just something that's interweaved to other that's ready to break at any point in time because you're trying to stack too many different things together that no one's on the same page with. And I think that's where it ends up happening is we get busy, we're fixers, we're builders. It's like in all blood to just say, all right, let's bring this board over here. We'll hammer this up. It's going to work. It'll continue getting us. It'll be sound and it'll continue getting us. But the problem is, is we did that for a 2000 square foot house. Now our business has become a 10,000 square foot house. That foundation isn't going to hold that up. So you gotta start putting systems in place and have an understanding of something that can get
1: you from where you're at that will grow with your business. Why do you think, Ron, that the construction industry, and I agree with you what you're saying, that the construction industry has been so slow to adopt. Like, can you give me like the top three reasons on why (laughs) construction in general, like, like, to be fair, the U S you guys down South and us in Canada, we kind of share the same mentality when it comes to trying to expand and build our businesses. Right. So, I mean, can you think of the top three things that basically are making contractors slow to adopt?
0: I'm going to give you my number one. Okay. And that is the industry's jaded because what we saw we saw a lot of technology come at the construction industry all of it yes we did we're just going to say it's all built by silicon valley these big companies that decided we are going to market we're going to get in the construction business there's a huge gap they need this technology you had a bunch of people build technology that had never wore the boots had never been on a job site sounded all great rolled it out I think construction adapts pretty rapidly because I think a lot of guys jumped in that first wave. We're like, "Yes, this is what I need to continue to grow my business." Got involved, it sucked. It cost so much money that it destroyed their bottom lines, and they moved on, and now the industry's jaded where you have, yes, I tried some software at some point in time, and it it just it, it was a disaster. I couldn't, my guys couldn't implement it. It just didn't work for what we do. And that is where I feel the adaption thing comes into play right now today in 2023 is guys are just jaded. They're tired of technology that claims to be everything for their business and for construction business. And then they implement it and it falls short on the stuff that they look at It's just being common
1: sense within the construction industry. And you you have a strong focus on strictly communication. That's what it is. But I, I know a lot, a lot of this tech stuff that's come out, and you're 100% right. I, like two, maybe what, four years ago, I would say, that it was just a bombardment. And I, I totally blame, just like you, the Silicon Valley guys were looking at the construction industry going, hang on a sec. In the US, you guys are like, I think, 15 million people that work in some sort of fashion of construction. In Canada, it's 1.4, 1.5 million people. So it's like, these are some big, heavy numbers that they're looking at. Well, let's come up with some Software for these guys, and well, even if we're getting ten percent of that market, that's a good chunk of change right there. But you're focusing strictly on communication between clients and trades, and trades and and subtrades, and everybody else. Just communication, which we know is number one when it comes to construction.
0: Yeah, and I I feel like you know it's the niches. Like let's get this right. One of the things that excites me about construction technology right now, and being where I'm positioned is I get to now meet other guys that are in the same place as I am, where they were in the construction business and now they're starting to build out software or they build out software that serves the industry. Because we looked at it and said, this is all a mess. Like if we can just build stuff that does what it's supposed to do, it would be a game changer. Instead of coming out and saying, we do all of this and do this and that, what Builder Comms does is we just come out and we say, we're going to be great at communication. I don't ever want to be a CRM. I don't ever want to be a lead generation source. What I want to do is fulfill my promise that we're going to help with your communication with your customer. That's what we want to be great at, and we're going to continue to build that. We're going to continue to b- bring in partners and integrations that make sense because here's how we have to look at it, or this is how I look at it is when we come together, we need to look at it as how do we create a win for that builder or that contractor? Because if we're not creating a win for that builder or contractor, there's no reason to be doing any of the stuff we're doing because then their customers lose and then their business loses. Then their employees lose and it's this trick or down effect that happens just because somebody thought they were going to do something for that builder or contractor. So I really focus on creating those wins for the builders and contractors so their customers win, their business wins, their employees win, and everybody started their business for a reason. And we have to get to going after that and understanding it's okay to go out there and live those dreams because I'm delivering an exceptional experience to my customers and it makes me thrive, it makes my employees thrive, my business thrives, and
1: everything becomes good. I can only assume, Ron, that in the military, from your background there, um, the communication is paramount, man. Like you guys, I, I can only assume that you probably took some serious skills that you learned in the military towards this and understanding how you guys have the military's figured that part of it out, right?
0: Yeah. So, you know, this came up a while, like almost a year ago, somebody asked me the same kind of question. I had never really put two and two together with that. But when I was in the Marine Corps in 2007, I was deployed to Iraq, and you know it was a it was a hearts and mind mission. Like I was in the infantry, but our main goal was to have conversations and prevent shit not hitting the fan. It was a it's a completely different environment. It, it wasn't con- as that's kinetic. construction right there, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, like I said. So that question was opposed to me. I was like, damn, this was put in me a long time before I even hit the construction industry. In 2011, when I got out and I ended up in residential construction, I had already spent four years of my life going through, how do we resolve this stuff through communication? And here I go, I get into an industry that the biggest problem for customers is communication And I think it's just destiny for us to be standing here right now, having a conversation about this, building builder comms, when I have zero tech experience, any software experience, all I did was build a solution to a problem that is so prevalent within the construction industry that there's been a hundred different piss poor options out there that weren't developed for the construction industry.
1: I want to like, okay. you know this when you talk to because you've been in construction, when you talk to someone that's been in construction, they speak and they act and they present themselves in a certain way. And I'm not saying at all negatively. I'm just saying that being boots on the ground, it kind of gets ingrained in you, right? Like your physical, your mental, the way you speak to things. And it's kind of funny that when people look at the industry from the outside, they forget who they're speaking to right so they have to understand that you're for lack of a better word training and understanding of contractors is very vital when you want to try to bring a component into our world and understand that we won't touch it we won't use it unless we feel that you're one of us so to speak you know what i mean yeah absolutely and i that's that's just
0: the industry and that's what that's why i don't quite understand is how all of this technology got such a grip on the industry when that's when you talk to people that's the feeling
1: i think it's the so young guys how- i think it's the young contractors i think the young contractors We're looking at the older contractors that have been doing it the old school ways, the old dog, new tricks ways. And they're like going, no, that could be more efficient. There has to be something out there that could be more efficient. So I think that they were open arms to anything to come out. And they're going, let me try this. Let me try this out. But in the same respect that they're trying things, they're also wasting time and money. So they should probably be doing a lot more homework before they actually start committing to certain things. Right. And understand who's behind this tech right because if it is just a silicon valley person just coming up with this and you are a number then it's not really going to benefit your business that's not how you're looking at it ron
0: no not not at all and i i think with so i mean i built this for a problem that i was having and then made the decision that i would rather serve the industry than work in the industry yeah. and i felt like that was my true passion like this this was my calling is to go Help builders and contractors just be great at communication. And I think like that's, it's a hard bridge to gap when I, when I've done there, I've done everything from digging the hose to running a company. I've been to over 25 million a year in annual revenue. I've done all this stuff, but still at the end of the day, like it's a hard bridge to gap, you know, and it's funny when you say the young up and coming contractors, that's, you know, that's a fast growing demographic, especially for us. But you know what, here's an amazing stat, is that over 80% of my users, we are the technology they use first. They've never utilized any other technology. That to me is amazing, is now we can start to look at this, is we're able to start to bridge the gap between analog, guys that use nothing, and guys that use a lot of technology, we can be that, that bridge that brings people on. Our software, I mean, like I said, I'm a United States Marine that spent ten year, over 10 years in residential construction. Our software is not rocket science. I actually fought with the build team on, like, making it over the top. Because software, they just keep wanting to build, 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 add, add, add. And I'd be like, no. Like, all we need to do is just do this and do it really good. So we built software that's super easy for contractors and builders to use, as well as homeowners. And now what we're seeing is those contractors and builders come on that aren't using any other technology, never have, are looking to bring technology into their word That's 60% of the residential construction space. That doesn't use any technology, but is looking for, hey, how can I do something? We're headed into the 21st century. I should do something. So it's getting out and getting in front of them.
1: It's letting I, I think them that's know a testament, that, Ron, to you. I think that's totally a testament to you that people, when you speak to you, they know that you've swung a hammer. They know that you've been in the military without even saying it. They just know that. Like I said, it's ingrained in you, right? And, and I'm proud of that. I, I, I like that I walk and talk like a contractor. You know what I mean? It's just you can draw up whatever stereotype you want, but that, I'm proud of that fact that I have this presence that I'll walk in and I can still be wearing a three-piece suit and I'll still walk and talk like a contractor. We all do that. Everybody that's in this industry, we clean up really well, but we walk and talk like a contractor. So we want to speak to our own that understand where we're coming from. We don't want to ever be sold. That's the problem is that you're getting a lot of people, Mm -hmm. especially recently, like you just brought up, they're selling to us and we don't want to be sold. We want to handle the selling with our clients and get it from there. I want to ask you, does it make sense to kind of have your software focus on two entities? And when I say two entities, I mean, you have the actual business, the salespeople, the brand, talking to the clients, but also have a segment of it where it's a little differently focused for the crew, for the subtrades, for the brand new guy or girl, the laborer, like stuff like that. So then we can already start to educate them sooner and get them understanding that this is the path of it. This is how we, you know this is how we're going to start and this is how we're going to be more efficient. This is how we're going to build the business, this is how we're going to grow. So instead of waiting for them to get experience, you're already implementing experience into their everyday.
0: Yeah, so from an from an admin perspective, you can have crew guys, you can have foremen on there utilizing it. So a lot of guys do that for the picture updates right in there because when you take a picture, it goes directly into the project. So a lot of guys will have the crew guys or the foreman on there as an admin. They don't they don't get in any of the communication, but they can get into their projects. They can say, hey, we're on the way. They We got like a live feed. I like to say it's like an Instagram, Facebook feed that the customer sees. It's not in the channels for the communication, but a crew guy can get on there, and say, hey, we're on the way to the job, it pops up, homeowner knows. Uh, you don't have to worry about them getting into muddy waters. So we do have ways to be able to start bringing them in there. Uh, it's not on the pro- product roadmap for 2023, but going into 2024, I have a lot of not necessarily pressure, but I just I got a lot of guys coming from the commercial construction realm that want to see it utilized as a project communication tool. So, superintendents to subcontractors and everything on job sites. So, it is in the product roadmap to build out a commercial aspect of this. So, that would focus on job site communication and would it be customer facing like we are right now?
1: How much time ron do you spend on job sites like I, I can only assume that you're going out there and talking to the trades and talking to contractors <laughs> so you know you? what's amazing
0: is uh i do i go door to door here where i'm at and i know that sounds crazy like no people, it doesn't man first time first time this id hit me is i said i was like i'm just going to start going out to builders and contractors like i'm going to go to their office and show up and have a conversation face to face and it was one of the best things i've ever done because some of the verbiage and terminology and stuff that I would use, like I found out just far as flat. Like I, I feel like it sounds good. And then we'd put like some posts out there and then come to find out, like they look at you like you're from Mars. And I'm thinking, well, shit, like, okay. What? And then it gives me an opportunity to have these conversations face to face, understand like, what do people relate with? What does, what does matter the most? Uh, so I go out and I do that. Uh, I'm no, I no longer work in construction anymore because I, I run this day to day now, but I still get out there. I try to get on job sites. I go sit down and talk with builders and contractors. I spent, you know, I, I, we just did the builders association golf tournament here in my county and it gave me two days of hanging out with builder builders from my area and getting feedback. On like what 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 do you like? What don't you like? Like that, to me is what's amazing. I do a lot of feedback meetings, so all offer is very unique. Is it's a free project, free account, no credit card, no nothing, no timelines. Because I know projects can last one day, they can last two months, a year, depending on what you do. So you go and you you get a software and you can just utilize it to do a project. So through that life cycle, I'll have conversations with these guys that are out there utilizing it. We do, I call them just feedback calls, like, tell me what you like, tell me what sucks, what can we do better? And that's how we're going to continue to build this product. I can't promise we're going to get stuff implemented right away. But what I can promise is we are going to continue to
1: be the communication platform for the construction industry. What was the feedback like at the beginning when you were just kind of understanding where to go with this versus how it is now? Were the trades reacting the the same way? Where like at the beginning they are like, sounds like a great idea. Uh, Will it work or how are you going to pull it off? And nowadays is it like, I've been bombarded with so many other options out here. Like what are the challenges that you face when you're talking to them then and now?
0: Yeah, so excitement is always one of the big things I get, especially when we were in proof of concept or just in concept, is everybody was excited for what we were going to do. They understood it was a problem. They're looking for a solution like this is a no brainer, but the question does come up, how are you going to pull this off? Well, I just leaned into my experience. I got around the right people that can build the technology I need, that can support the technology. And I partnered with them and said, we're going to go do this. And from there, we built this out. And now the hard part is just getting the name out and having conversations. Because when people don't know you or know what you do, they can't utilize your software, whether it's good or bad. That's what it starts to come down to. And you know, when we're dealing with 80% of our customers have never used technology, there's a learning curve. So I, I've started generating a lot of YouTube videos on how to do things, things that are basic, a lot of good emails that follow up once somebody signs up on trainings on how to do stuff. Because it is super easy, but you do need a walkthrough. So one thing I found early on was I needed to do onboarding cars or just onboard people. The biggest herder is getting somebody that's super, super busy to sit down and spend 10, 15 minutes setting up their account. So I just do that. Like if somebody reached out to me and was like, hey, I wanna utilize your platform, but I I don't think I can get all of this set up. I just say, hey, send me the right email you want it set up under and send me your company's website, logo, whatever. And I set up the account and I got a whole email I send that says, hey, here, go to this YouTube video, watch this so you understand how to do this. Set up a meeting with me whenever. And it just goes down and it checks the boxes of education because we are we are educating people on how to utilize this. No matter how easy something is, I mean, it, you have to learn how to swing a hammer. Yeah. So you, you have to learn how to use a technology. So being supportive, being there and having these conversations, something I just rolled out is every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time from 6 to 7, I'm doing a live Q&A. And that's anybody can show up anytime. I'll demo the software in there. i answer any of the questions. Let's walk through issues. And that's just to help be a resource. I did it on Tuesdays because typically shit hits the fan on Mondays. (laughs) By Tuesday night, you're trying to figure out the solution to everything that's happened. So boom, we have an hour where if you're having some implementation problems or you have questions, jump on there and I'll work through this with you. And it just helps us all become better.
1: Ron, do large companies have the same problems that small companies have? Are those 20 plus employees have the same problems that that one man shop has?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they typically have it at greater scale. So uh, what ends up happening is as you bring guys on, if the water gets even muddier and when you don't have the appropriate systems in place, it just becomes a disaster, it becomes a problem. And that's why homeowners are, Left out in the dark, they don't know. One of the great things that I've seen that happens when guys utilize our software is customers start to ask questions before you show up on the job site, because now they have direct communication with the right person. So with that project manager or with that person that runs the schedule, because what a homeowner would do is they'd be like, "Man, I really I have this question, but I'm." He doesn't have the answer. I mean, that sales rep that was out there, he doesn't know. Uh, I'll just wait for the guys to get to the job site. Well, as a company, you, like, you want to know what's happening before the guys get there because then the guys are just sitting there. The work's not being done. But if that homeowner is empowered to reach out and say, hey, I was wondering about the exact bots that you're going to use on this. I got a buddy that's an engineer who's asking me this question. Can you elaborate on that? and they know they're talking to the right person, they're going to ask that question before the guys even get there. That project manager can shoot over a response. Hey, yeah, we're using this board with this, and this is why. Here's our engineering report on why we're doing that. Shoot it off. Concern is gone. It's no longer something when the guys show up at the job site, the homeowner immediately asks, Probably the lowest man on the totem pole, the first guy in there to start putting up plastic or something. Oh, hey, what kind of board are you using? Well, I don't know what kind of board. And then that homeowner is like, you don't know what kind of boards you're using? And it becomes something that it never even had to be.
1: Yeah. I w- I'd, I'd love for you to walk people through what, let's say you got a kid that wants to just get started in construction and what are some of the key things that you should be looking at, including communication as being one of them, right? But like you got a kid who wants to get started, they want to start building a business. What do they need to do? So
0: first thing that I would say is go dive into podcasts like this one. <laughs> uh and no, it, it, no it's true, Seriously. it's true. No,
1: it's it's just funny. I just I, I I don't want to boast or anything like that, but I get that almost on a daily basis where it's like I found the podcast, I love what you're saying doing. I love the conversations and I just I I try to be humble where it's like I'm sorry, it's got nothing to do with me. It's got everything to do with the guests. I just I ask questions and then the guests, you know, they reveal quite a bit of information which I wish I had 15 years ago when I got started. So it's like you're you're totally right. If if you can as a young person find a, a good podcast and you can connect with the person or the guest, that are speaking you're going to learn valuable insight into this industry
0: because what's amazing is doing starting my podcast at the beginning of the year my mind is blown every time i have a guess, every guest that comes on and like i spent over a decade in this industry like i said i've been over i've been over 25 million a year in annual revenue yeah Grew an operations department from three crews to 30 crews. And I get these guests on podcasts and they blow my mind. I think the information that's out there right now, if you're a young kid starting out, you have access to information and guys that we didn't have 10, 15 years ago. Like everybody's like coaches do this, do that. I think if you just start absorbing the knowledge, it's on your, you bring on guys from all different realms that are in all different stages and they drop fire yeah. on what what potholes to avoid. And for me, I think it's a way underutilized resource for guys coming into the construction industry and continuing to grow. And I think whether you're day one or you're year 10. There's podcasts that can help you continue to grow your business. And I think it's one of the best things that's happening in our industry is you have a lot of guys that are willing to get out there and talk about their experience and opening up the doors. Because I think for all too long, the construction industry has just been way too secretive. It's always been like, this is oh this is what we do over here at Contracting ABC don't be over there telling them at contracting XYZ when really if we could just come together as an industry and start to share this knowledge, we would just be better off as an industry. I mean, you got to think we're the only industry that we allow the 3% of bad eggs to dictate the entire narrative around the industry. Like the 3% of bad lawyers and doctors don't dictate the yeah. entire perception yeah. for that field. But in the construction industry, we're just like, hey, that's just how it is that, you know, your uncle's cousin's sister had a bad experience. So you're allowed to feel like I'm going to give you a bad experience. I say that's bullshit. It's true. We have to understand. We have to understand that these are emotions that the customer feels, but we have to walk them through it. We have to let them understand that, hey, you know, I'm not that contractor and I'm sorry that that person had a bad experience, but this is my business. This is what I do to provide for my family and my employees' family. My goal is to deliver a great project and a great experience to you. So that's how I would like to start this project off. Like, let's start working through these emotions that homeowners and customers feel. All too often, somebody comes at so it says that and then it's like we get an attitude or we get a chip on our shoulder and we're like oh I don't well, that must have just been blah 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 and like the don't do that understand that this person literally they have these emotions whether we feel it's ones they should have or not but just work through that and don't don't react just let them know that's not you and not what you're there to do because 97% of the construction industry is not there to deliver a bad experience. There's not very many guys waking up saying, man, I really hope this is a shit show today because that's what this (laughs) customer gets. Like, that's not what we do.
1: No, no. The majority of us don't. How often are you recording new shows now?
0: Uh, I record them weekly. I release some Every Monday and Thursday, they come out. So I two episodes a week.
1: We, we've been trying to get me on your show so we can make that happen. I'm looking forward to doing that. We'll figure it out.
0: Absolutely. We need to get you on there because it's, it's it truly is about all the collaboration, bringing everybody together. The, the top, I think the, the, you're starting to see some distinctions within the construction industry, and you're starting to see these guys separate themselves at the top are the guys that are willing to sit down and talk about whatever. Everything's an open book from the money to profit margins to how they do this, how they grew their business. It's just an it's an open book because they understand that if the industry continues to grow, it's better for them that less they have to fight, the less they have to deal with a perception that's not
1: true around the construction industry. How is business down by you guys? Still thriving, everything's still good, everyone busy? Absolutely, that's it. what's amazing. Is like this stuff just keeps rocking and rolling. Uh,
0: everybody says we're headed into a recession, we're in a recession, we're in whatever, who, who knows what they think we're in. But all I know is every road I drive down, there's houses being built and there's projects happening on those houses. And guys are booked up. They're continuing to grow their business, and it's pretty amazing. I, I think we stand at a, a pinnacle moment where the housing industry—you know—rates went up. Everything has worked in the favor of residential construction. House prices through the roof. People start doing projects on their houses. Interest rates went up. People are like, "Oh, we're not going to buy something. We're do it. We're, we're add on. We're do it. We're remodel." All of this stuff, COVID happened and people were in their house more. So then they were like noticing shit that they never noticed before. So they're like, let's have a project done. All of this stuff has happened to help align and grow the construction industry. And I don't know if I see anything really stopping that. Like
1: right now, it's it's a pretty good time to be in this industry. It seems good right now because I guess material costs are not crazy. I, I think the biggest thing that I've heard recently is that, that we just we need more people. We need more people in the industry. I think the labor forces across you guys and also across Canada are all short. We're all short-staffed and we're looking for more people to get into the industry so we can fulfill these jobs because there is a lot of work going on. Um, that's, that's what I'm hearing. That's my ear to the ground when I'm hearing from people and they're reaching out to me and they're talking to me that sure, we, we've been talking where we're in a recession and everyone's being a little cautious up here in Canada, you know, our banking, ah, big deal. Our banks are going to collapse, you know, we'll deal with that when that happens. Right. But (laughs) you know, like there's, it's just a shit show. There's a shit show going on. But right now, if you're, I think if you're running a good business and you're communicating with your clients and you're communicating with your staff, you're going to continue to run a good business. That's it.
0: Well, I think all of the stuff that happens so I, one thing I love about the construction industry is like all this noise on the outside doesn't really matter cuz we're all, we're all builders, we're fixers, we're we just get shit done we figure it out like you open up a wall and it's completely r- different than what you thought you figure out the solution so we understand like if everything goes to shit around us we're going to figure out how to continue to survive because that's just like naturally in our dna like we just figure it out cuz that's the job and i think that's what makes builders and contractors such great business guys is they're not afraid to just figure it out be wrong, and then figure it out again and get to that end solution. So I think all the noise around us is just something that you'll always have. I I kind of feel like, I mean, my 11 plus years in the construction industry, we've always been short on people. People has always been a thing. I know they're really, really pushing it right now because I think we're already in the next few years to be shorter than we've ever been. Uh, Because you got a lot of guys leaving, retiring, moving on, Uh, so I think it's it's a fight that we've always fought.
1: But I think there's a lot of guys that are coming into it, and they're they have fresh perspective on the industry. They're looking at the holes, they're looking at the opportunities, and they're trying to figure out, like properly advancing the industry not taking mm. advantage of the industry right and we can smell that that's the problem like if you want to walk in here and take advantage of the industry a real tradesperson will smell that and they won't want anything to do with it but a desperate tradesperson one that doesn't really care about the work they will just take it on and they don't care they'll move on and that's it then mm. they'll contribute to that part we don't want to be a part of that
0: yeah, no, I I completely agree with that, and I think the young guys that I talked to, I just I interviewed a kid that's twenty two years old, uh, running a multi million dollar construction company, went to college and did trades at the same time, did both. Decided he well, that's where he wanted to be, but he still got his college education. Twenty two years old, he's a CEO of a few
1: million dollar a year. Construction company. What did he study at college? To me. What was that? What did he study at college? Just business management. Okay. Which is a valuable tool when it comes to construction. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he
0: interned at the construction company where he currently works. Why he went to, in his summers, he went over there and he interned. And then built these relationships and then decided, I want to work in the trades. Like that's where I want to be at. And I think to me, like it was a great conversation because for me, that's strength. Like you, I think we we cut and dry this. It's like either you're going to go into trades and you don't go to college, or you go to college and you don't go into the trades. But you can there's there's room for everybody. Like I think people just look at it as you have to understand to just go swing a hammer, and that's what you want to have to do but that's not the truth within construction there's every aspect of anything is in a construction business
1: you know ron it's like there's that old argument about how the tradesperson the contractor is not replaceable with a robot you're not going to get into ai world where you know they can't do what i know how to do regarding my swinging the hammer for general you know description of it right but there's a lot of opportunities where this technology will move your business where you may not necessarily have to swing that hammer as hard or as frequently. And that's what will advance your business. Those are the lessons that you need to, to, to embrace, right? So it's, like, it's almost like you become a contractor, you have to go back into school every single day to try to figure out what advancements are coming my way and should I listen to them. Should I pay attention to them? Should I see where I can implement them into my business to grow my business? I want to be 10, 20 years ahead of my competition right now, but I've got nothing against my competition. If they want to grow that way, let them be. That's totally fine. You still want to contribute, still want to talk with them and discuss things and be open about it. But if you're working on other things and you got ideas of like, this can be sooner, this could happen faster. Why not embrace that?
0: Yeah, I think embracing technology is something that as an industry we have to do. We have to figure out what technology makes sense for our businesses and 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 as an industry is how do we adapt it? So, I'm very anti-automation. I think automation is one of the things that breaks down customer relationships when you're just shooting out automated emails and that kind of stuff to your customers, especially once they've already signed a project, they they get aggravated from yeah. it. So I don't see where AI fits into that. You know, here's how we're, we're kind of looking at AI right now and where it would work with what we do is because at the end of the day, I want to make contractors and builders greater at communication. So what if within builder comms, I can have, say, a stoplight, a, a red, yellow, green light that's going straight off a temperament from homeowners. As messages come in, it marks them green, yellow, red. So it'll pick up on stuff that we want it Underlying temperaments that homeowners might use that allows you to now, you know, you get one that comes through as yellow that you would typically just think, hey, it's just a whatever message. It gives you an opportunity to dig deeper into what exactly is that customer saying and respond better. I think like that's the kind of ways we can start to utilize this technology that's coming down the pipeline to just make us better. If We always look at it as how does this make us great? How does this make us and our customers win every day at a high level, that's how we should start implementing the technology, in my mind. Uh We shouldn't just be diving in thinking we're just going to have all these chat box and AI is going to be able to handle all of this stuff. I think at the heart of construction, it's still that customer interaction. It's going to always exist there. It's just how do we use the new technology to continue to be great at that and to be the best we've ever been? Like I said, builder comms is just a tool on the tool belt. That's all we are. We're there to just help contractors and builders be great at communication. We're not there to try to disrupt everything they've done. We're not there to try to teach a bunch of different communication strategies. What we're there to do is just say, hey, this is an effective way to be able to communicate with your customers, your team, and get everybody on the same page. And
1: that is how technology should be built. What do you think, Ron? Construction would be like a hundred years from now. We we know what construction <laughs> I, was like a hundred years ago. It was it hasn't dramatically changed uh, construction wise. Like the, regarding that the the labor the the actual contractor. But a hundred years from now, what's that contractor going to look like? I think
0: in my my vision for the construction industry is that a hundred years from now we're the industry like construction workers are the backbone of America right now. Yeah, I, I see a hundred years from now, we're the doc like the doctors and the lawyers, that reputation has moved over into construction and we have that. It has been recognized as I see these leaders get out there and they have these conversations and talk about what's happening and we start creating these customer experiences that are amazing, that's what I see. I see 10, 15 years from now, the shift happening where this is one of the most respected industries to be in. It's not looked at as, oh, they're just construction work- workers. They're just a contractor, they're just a builder. It's looked at, man, like, do you see what these guys do? And there, there's this whole mindset and perspective shift that happens, and I, th- I think in 100 years, there'll be no better place to be than in the construction industry.
1: I love it. I totally agree with you. I mean, I, 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 that would be amazing to see that happen, right? Well, we won't be around.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> my son will be, yeah. and he loves construction. Because yeah. I think he's brought up in that word where construction is a positive thing. And I I think we're starting to see more of that as the shift happens with kids not necessarily going to college, going into trades. It's one of the first times where we have parents having an open conversation about what does it look like to be in the construction order with their kids and being like, hey, if that's what you want to go do, we support you. You should go do that. Like that mindset there is already started to change. So it's only a matter of time before that mindset shift happens at a a global level. And
1: it's to me,
0: it's happening. It's going to be an amazing thing.
1: So if someone wants to check out the software, how do they get a hold of you? Where do they go? Uh, where does it all begin? What does it cost? Stuff like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to buildercoms.com uh or just look me up on any social media. I'm out there floating around. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Uh reach out to me to set up a time and talk. Uh we have a few different pricing models depending on how big your company is. So from around $47 a month to $197 a month. And uh we have some enterprise depending on how big you are, we have some enterprise options as well. So we believe in getting our software in the end user's hands. Like I said, you can go on there, utilize our software completely for free, uh, do a project, no credit card. And what I really just asked for is just the feedback. Like That's what I want. If there's a reason why you think it sucks, I wanna know. Yeah. If there's a reason why you think it's the best thing you've ever utilized, I wanna know. Cause that's that's what we're trying to build. If we're going to have the impact Uh, To be the communication platform for contractors and builders, I have to have that feedback as we continue to grow it. And right now is a great time is that I'm at the forefront of this and I'm there. I'm easily accessible. And to me, that's the most exciting time of growth for anything is I can be there. I can have these talks. I can have these relationships with our customers as we continue to grow. And just with, just like with anything, that won't always be the case. So if you want to get to know
1: Ron Nussbaum and have a meeting with him right now is the time. So you could just reach out and then all of a sudden you're talking to the guy that's handling everything and you don't have to go through a whole system, whatever you get directly to you and you got a question, you get it sent it to you and you you'll answer it. You'll take care of it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Is there anything else you wanted to touch upon? We talked a lot. Ah. <laughs>
0: uh... I think you know one of the things you said. A hundred years from now, we won't be around. What I love about podcasting is that unless they delete the internet, this stuff lives in perpetuity. So a hundred years from now, somebody point. could be listening to this, it's a good and point. they're either going to validate what we're saying, yeah. or they're going to be like, "Those are the two craziest dudes I have ever heard in my entire life." So now, now you got me thinking.
1: A, you got me thinking about that, man. Like, I, should I be telling people what the date is today, so then they'll they'll understand? what we're talking about here man <laughs> we're not wearing well, bell I mean, bottoms man yeah it, it's amazing that the, the
0: power is uh, even five years from now somebody could listen to this episode and pull a golden nugget out that completely changes their business and to me that excites me It's why i started doing my podcast it's one of the reasons i know you do this is because that is exciting that this stuff just lives on, and it can be a help for so many people down the road. How many
1: shows have you done now, Ron?
0: Uh, I recorded my 54th episode oh, wow. uh, today, That's this amazing. morning, actually.
1: That's amazing. So you're past the hurdle because most people that start a podcast end around seven to nine shows. They just, Really? Yeah, they just give up, right? Because they realize that it's a lot of work. But you're totally right is that I've been doing it for five years, and we just crossed 400. And I got guys reaching out to me saying, listen, I'm listening to episode 10. And I'm like, that was five years ago. That show, like you know, and they're like, pain- and they're they're taking nuggets, they're taking little tidbits that were shared, and they're they're making mental notes about it. And then I bet you any money, they're using it on the job site, they're sharing it with other tradespeople, and then it's just you know, the conversation continues. And and that was five years ago. So you're right, a hundred percent. Hundred years from now, I won't be around, but the show will be around, and people can listen to it mm-hmm. and go, listen. Back in the early, you know, 2023 or whatever, this is what the guys were talking about construction. Wise, and this is what was going on it's still like that right now so yeah i don't know no, man that's why i love doing it i love having people reach out and tell me that they've learned something from every, every single show oh so.
0: it's awesome man i love what you do as well i think i i look forward to coming on this show and doing this Is like i said what i think this is the second time i've done this show yeah. i look forward to having you on my show i think you say I'm over the herder, but then I look at you, 400 episodes. <laughs> I'm like, man, like,
1: I'm I am tired, Ron. I'm tired, Ron. I'm telling you that right now. I'm tired, <laughs> man. But I do love learning, so I love it doing it, right? So we'll just keep on going. We'll never know where we're going to stop. It's all good. Thanks so much, Ron. Did you want to do the 12 questions again? Sure, absolutely. Let's rock and roll. Let's totally do it. Ready? What is your favorite construction word? Ah... Uh. Uh. Yeah, well, we talked a lot about hammers. Let's
0: just say hammer today. Hammer.
1: What's your least favorite construction <laughs> word? I have a change order. I'm pretty sure that's what it was last yeah. time. What turns you on in construction?
0: Uh, I think the opportunity that is in the industry.
1: What turns you off in construction?
0: The perception that we let be about the industry.
1: So true. So true. What's your favorite curse word? Uh, I use shit a lot, so I'm guessing it's that. <laughs> What's your favorite vehicle?
0: Uh, I am a fan of Novas and Chevy 2s early, but actually, if I could buy anything right now, I would probably buy a 72 Cheval.
1: Ooh. Ooh. What color?
0: Red? White. White? Matte. Matte white. Matte white. White interior. Uh, probably just a black interior. Right, I have a five year old white
1: interior. I just don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I'm sorry to all you parents. They don't get into the car, not until they're teenagers <laughs> and want to use the car for the purpose of the car. Uh, what's your <laughs> least favorite vehicle? Uh, I'm not a big Mustang guy. Uh oh. <laughs> you don't piss a lot of people
0: off. No shit. That.
1: That's what I was saying. Uh oh. What construction sound <laughs> or noise do you love? What was that again? What construction sound or noise do you love? Ah, uh, I spent a lot of time on
0: jackhammers, and I do not mind walking into a room with jackhammers pounding on concrete.
1: Wow, better than me, man. What construction sound or noise do you hate?
0: Ah, uh, the beeping noise when a truck is in reverse. Yeah.
1: You you figure by now they would have came up with a like a tune, a little bit of a beat to it. You know what I mean? So we can kind there of there you uh, go. I, I mean know. that could maybe that's. I don't know, maybe. You need people the get construction distracted. life yeah. backup point. <laughs> <horn. laughs> the little beat? Give me a beat <laughs> while it backs up. Uh what profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
0: Ah. Uh, uh at this point in time, I think philanthropy, like going out. I'm a veteran, so I would like to do some big things for veterans and i think that that's the natural next step as we can continue to build this out and like i think that's on my heart of something i want to do
1: there's nowhere near nowhere near enough being done for the veterans man like there should be so much more being done right so but uh what profession would you not like to do uh I'm not really be a doctor like that's that doesn't interest me very much if heaven exists what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates Ron you've done
0: some amazing things and welcome in nice nice
1: Ron thanks so much for being on the show again always a pleasure to see you man and uh, you want to share the deets again for everybody so they can reach out to you and and, uh, check it out
0: yeah absolutely Ron Newsbaum, you can find me on any social media platform, BuilderComs uh, buildercoms.com. Uh come check us out, link up with me. Let's have a conversation.
1: What's the the handle on social media? Buildercoms?
0: Yes. Okay. Yep.
1: All right, cool. And then your email to get a hold of you? Uh, Ron at buildercoms.com. That's it, man. I'm All pretty right. simple, man. I'm like, I'm keep like, um, it right to the point. That's it. Simple. Yeah. There's no reason to complicate yeah, I, it. Yeah.
0: And you can find Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. You can find me uh, on there as well. If you want to shoot me a message.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, Ron. Really appreciate it, man. Enjoy the rest of your day there. We're dealing with rain, but enjoy the rest of the day and we'll talk soon. <laughs> Absolutely, man. You have a great day. You too. Take care. Thanks. Angelina ready.